Hey, I'm Ashley. I take my blog posts and I turn them into podcast episodes. I like talking about bootstrapping as a solo founder, so you can expect to hear about my experiences of building with Jack and advice you can take with you on your journey as a bootstrapped solo founder. And today I'm talking about why you should be talking about your idea. Oh my goodness, I just recorded an entire episode of this, except I hadn't actually hit record. Yep, one of those days. Okay, let's get into things for the second time. So I have built and shipped a lot of projects over the years. I have um, tried my hand at online courses. I created an online course for photographers. I've built a SaaS app and I've had podcasts. I did a podcast for, uh, I can't remember how long we did it for, maybe a year with Paddy Donnelly. So I've, I've done a lot of um, things over the years. And some of those projects have failed and others did okay. And then when it came to building with Jack, I really tried taking everything that I'd learned and getting things right this time, doing things a bit better this time. And with Jack, it made money before it even launched. So those failed projects, they taught me a lot and each mistake that I made with those projects ended up culminating in what was quite a successful launch for the project that's mattered most, which is with Jack. And of course, success is a subjective term. Um, But for me, I was quite happy with the sort of reception at launch as well as the numbers that I hit. But let's not get into with Jack just yet. First, I want to explore why it's important to talk about your idea before you write a line of code. So we'll start by talking about the project where I kept my cards close to my chest. One of the very first projects that I actually wanted to monetize and not build it just for fun, but actually try and create a business out of it was Lodger, which was a SaaS app for landlords. It was a really simple tool that landlords could use to manage tenants and payments. And it's one of my many ideas that have flopped Um, And, you know, it's easy for me to see why Lodger failed. Like, there's nothing that I did right at any point in that project. First of all, I targeted an audience that I had no interest in, which was landlords. Second, secondly, I didn't do any customer development or research what features users would want. I basically just looked at competitors and tried to emulate what they were doing. I then spent nine months, nine months building a fully functional SaaS app that I hadn't bothered to validate. And the last reason that I think it failed was because, well, I had no existing audience to market to. So I built something that I thought landlords would value instead of researching what they actually needed. And not having an audience to market to, not having an audience of landlords to market to is also an issue, but that's kind of secondary to not recruiting feedback prior to and during the development stage. After all, it doesn't actually matter how big your audience is. If what you're building only solves an imaginary problem, then nobody's going to give you money for it. So since then, I've been on a quest to learn as much as possible about product creation. I've taken online courses, I've listened to podcasts on the subject, I've read blog posts, and they've all taught me the same thing, which is to have any chance at building a successful business, you must uncover a pain or desire a group of people have 
and work with them to develop a solution to it. And that's the opposite of what I did with Lodger. I had an idea, I locked myself away in my office and I built it. And that wasn't a quick mistake that I got out of the way after a few evenings coding. You know, this was actually the project that taught me how to code. So you can imagine that it wasn't built overnight. It it was nine months of learning Ruby and it was nine months of spending pretty much every day on Stack Overflow. And it's kind of nuts to think that women actually grow human beings in that time. So with Lodger being my first app, I wanted it to be perfect. You know, as I was progressing with learning uh, Ruby, I would then go back and refactor my early code, which is so stupid, completely pointless, given that I had zero users, but at least it made me feel like I was being productive. So not only did I invest a lot of time into building it, I wanted it to look slicker than the competition. You know, this was going to be the edge against my competitors, or so I thought, many of which were really ugly desktop apps. This was back in 2013. They were desktop apps with clip art inspired icons. So I hired a designer and Lodger looked great. I received quite a lot of compliments about it, such as people commenting on the beautiful holding page, Um, people saying that it looked great and that the code was squeaky clean. And on the surface, those compliments felt like validation. And they did a pretty good job of making me feel good about what I built. But there was a big problem. Those words weren't coming from the people who would actually pay for the app. There were no glowing testimonials from landlords who'd finally found a solution to their burning problem because Lodger wasn't solving a burning problem. So speaking speaking to my target market and validating there was a need for Lodger, instead of diving into sublime text on Photoshop, would have saved me nine months of work. And another thing, another lesson that I'd learned is that landlords don't even care if software looks nice or has squeaky clean code. <laughs> Reed Hoffman says that what design can't do is solve a fundamental problem in your business model. And where I failed was by not talking to the landlords and uncovering pressing pain that they all had. I didn't design a solution that they'd pay for. I just built something that I thought they would like, which is so stupid because I'm not a landlord. So this all, this all seems like very obvious stuff. And, and despite how obvious this advice is, I'm actually not alone in making this mistake. A lot of people take this approach when building stuff. You know, they think, I have an idea, I know it's brilliant and it's going to make money. So instead of actually validating there's any need for it, I'm going to dive headfirst into my code editor and start building it. In a monetary sense, Lodger was a complete failure. To this day, my SaaS app has generated zero pounds in revenue and I'd spent thousands of pounds in design fees Um, So the only purpose it really served was as a lesson in how not to build a business. And yes, also did teach me how to code. So at least there's that positive to take away from it. So I think it's important to learn from past mistakes, um, which brings me on to the story of With Jack, because this looks very different to my experience building Lodger. I intentionally did things differently this time. With Jack is the first project that I've ever made money from prior to launching. It's the first project 
I've been quite comfortable embracing imperfections with and even built in quite a public way with the input of my customers, which is why I think it made money prior to launch. I started small. I tested the water by signing up as an affiliate for an insurance broker. And whilst that meant that I couldn't build my own tech and customer journey, it did mean that I could launch something really quickly and start to gauge interest. And that interest was 55 paying signups, which was £14,000 in premium, and a lot of positive feedback towards the brand. So that was my first step in validating with Jack. The next step was to take things a bit further and um, and get authorised and partner with an insurer so that I could build my own tech. So whilst going through the process of becoming an AR in the insurance industry, I put up a landing page with a few paragraphs about my vision for With Jack. And I followed that with a call to action to notify people of launch. Only 120 odd people signed up to that, which is a really small list. But this was an engaged list. Uh, It was people who were genuinely interested in the brand. So I shared what I was building with this list. I sourced feedback from them. And I even invited them to beta test. And several of those beta testers became my first customers. And this process of sourcing feedback before writing code or before writing too much code is still at the core of With Jack all this time later. And unlike the SaaS app, With Jack's growing every month it's consistently made money from day one. Out of all of the ideas that I've ever executed on, this is the one that functions and feels most like a business. Maybe I have skirted around why I'm speaking about this, but I wanted to open by sharing my different experiences of building Lodger and with Jack. The point of all of this is to really prevent people from making the same mistake that I did, which is coming up with an idea, convincing yourself it'll work out without validating it, and then spending months building out a complete vision. Because more often than not, I hate to sound negative, but it's true, more often than not, that idea won't take off. And that's a lot of work and a lot of disappointment that could have been avoided had there been some initial validation I have seen a lot of people skip ID validation and I've seen it happen a couple of times recently, which has really been the catalyst for uh, speaking about this today. So a few months ago, I gave my talk, Idea to Execution and Beyond, in Newcastle at a meetup called Front End Northeast. And afterwards, uh, a guy approached me with a question and he, he basically asked me how much insurance would cost for his startup. And I said, well, it, it depends on various factors. Why don't you start by telling me what your startup does? And he said, well, I can't tell you. We haven't launched yet and we don't want anybody stealing our idea. <laughs> now, I had just given a talk which mentioned the importance of idea validation. And he said that he'd enjoyed most of my talk, but disagreed with that part, which is fine. I don't expect everyone to agree with me. Yeah, I couldn't help but feel like he's shooting himself in the foot before he's even started. And I told him that. I said, how do you know this idea is worth your time and money if you aren't speaking to people and validating it? Or how do you know you're building something people want if you aren't talking to potential customers? I wish 
somebody had asked me those questions when I was building Lodger because I wouldn't have had an answer, <laughs> which would hopefully have served as a wake-up call. Not long after my conversation at Front End, I watched a friend of mine start a business and she's following a lot of the sort of doomed footsteps that I took with Lodger. She's avoided doing any customer development. She's building her app in total secrecy, but she has printed business cards and expensive t-shirts with her business logo on them. Now, I love how excited she is about this. It's great and I really hope it goes well, but it's quite simple. Before you invest resources into building something, you have to first validate that there's a need for it, otherwise you'll potentially waste time and money only to realize that nobody wants it. I've been there, I've done that, and it sucks. So despite idea validation being an important step, building something, uh, a lot of us skip it. And here's why you shouldn't skip it. First of all, it helps you avoid spending time and money building something that's pixel perfect. You really don't want to wait until launch to discover that nobody wants what you've built. And again, I'm saying that from experience. Secondly, whether it's from pre-orders or beta testers, you can generate revenue earlier. Um, you know, and, and if people aren't prepared to give you money, then it means you'll know the idea doesn't really have legs and you should pivot. Thirdly, you will build a product people want instead of building what you think people want. And lastly, the harsh reality is that our ideas usually aren't as good as we think they are. So it's better to get real feedback from people who aren't emotionally invested in it. You guys, building stuff is really hard. Getting people to give you money for something you've built is really, really hard. Um, be it a side project or business, burying your head in codes and emerging months down the line with a finished product is taking an expensive stab in the dark. You're making the process even harder for yourself. Apparently, the top reason that startups fail is that there's no market need. And I'm guessing a lot of those failures, lodger included, could have been avoided if we talked about our ideas earlier. You know, the odds of success could have been improved if we were speaking with potential customers, validating there's a market need and generating revenue. And I know that I've completely oversimplified the top reasons startups fail, but talking to people about what you're building is a great place to start. So why don't people talk about their ideas? I'm sure that everybody has a different reason for not doing it. The guy that spoke to me at front end was worried that people would steal his idea and then my friend with her new business is just really excited to get stuck in. When it came to building Lodger, I had three reasons for diving into the build process instead of um, talking and validating, talking about it and first validating it. Number one was that I was honestly just convinced that my idea was good. The second reason was that I was embarrassed by the thought of sharing something that was less than perfect. And the third reason was that I didn't have any connections in the buy-to-let scene. So rounding up a herd of landlords for customer development just seemed really intimidating. Now, I'm a really big fan of Reid Hoffman's podcast, Masters of Scale. If you haven't listened to it, what are you doing with your life? And one of the recent episodes saw Reid Hoffman interview 
I hope that I'm saying the name right, Payal Kadakia, about her startup Classtivity, which would later um, pivot to ClassPass. Um, and on the blog post that I wrote about this, I've put the transcript there, which I don't think will translate too well um, in audio format. But the gist is that Kadakia made a lot of the mistakes that I did, which was... She got thousands of classes listed in her app. She spent a lot of time and money on honing a beautiful design. They put all of this work into building it. And then at launch, they only did about 10 reservations in their first month. So it was a terrible launch. And I can completely relate to that experience, what with building Lodger. We both focused on honing a beautiful design. We both launched with a feature-rich product. And we both failed. So later on in the podcast, uh, Kadakia talks about the pivot to class, ba- to class pass. And she acknowledges that they had spent all of this time sitting behind the screen. You know, for a whole year and a half, they were building API integrations. They were building scrapers to get the schedule data. What they weren't doing was talking to partners or customers. So that was something that they started doing. They started interviewing fitness studio owners, They asked um, people, how do you get people to sign up for a class? And through those customer development interviews, um, she immediately started spotting a pattern of responses, which was when they pivoted to ClassPass, they got away from their screens, they started speaking to customers, they pivoted to ClassPass, which was last valued at $400 million. So that kind of worked out quite well, huh? But what if somebody steals your idea? This is the fear that the guy I spoke to at front end had. Um, Honestly, I'm not too knowledgeable on this subject, but what my gut tells me is that you shouldn't let fear of idea theft stop you from speaking to potential customers. My logic is that people can steal your idea post-launch, so you may as well start talking about it now. You'll get a head start, you'll build a product people want, And you'll start to acquire customers and hopefully generate some revenue. I'm just going to wrap things up now. Um, I did a lot of things right when building with Jack. It certainly wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better than my attempt at building Lodger. I started small. I made a bit of money by testing the water as an affiliate. I spoke to my target audience. I built an email list. I involved them in the build process. I launched with manual processes. And the business has been growing every month, unlike Lodger, which was dead in the water from day one. All idea validation should involve speaking to potential customers, um, but I'm going to give you some avenues to test if your idea has legs. Firstly, you can simply publish a blog post. A great example of validating an idea with a blog post is Ghost, the blogging platform, which has just celebrated its five-year anniversary happy birthday ghost and John O'Nolan wrote about his concept for ghost back in 2012 and that blog post generated enough of a response to justify exploring a prototype you can also monitor interest with something as simple as a tweet recently I saw my friend Ben Howdle am I allowed to call you my friend Ben you're my friend um Ben published a twitter poll And he was using the answers to validate a tiny idea for a tiny app he was thinking of building. 
And you can, of course, take the classic approach, designing a landing page. Landing pages are typically what spring to mind when we talk about idea validation. That's what I used to build a small email list and get beta testers, several of whom became my first customers. And lastly, you can build a micro version of your idea um, I don't know how that looks for you, but for Nomad List, it was a spreadsheet. Now, Nomad List has recently surpassed $50,000 a month in revenue. <laughs> wow. But it started um, as a spreadsheet. It was a tiny version of what's become the biggest crowdsourced database of cities in the world. So please don't waste resources building something before validating it. I don't care how good you think your idea is or how scared you are that someone will steal it. You need to confirm that it's something people want. And how you validate it is up to you. You can go away and figure that out. But don't wait until your product is perfect. Involve your audience as early as possible and never assume you have a million pound idea. Okay, that's all from me for today, talking about your talking about why you should talk about your idea. So thanks very much for tuning in. And you will of course be hearing from me again. Have a great day. Bye.